0: What's up, guys? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom Show. This is episode number 22. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about my pitch for the Green Lantern Corps film. So what is the Green Lantern Corps film? Well, it's a film that's slated to be in the DC Extended Universe, and it's supposed to be coming out in 2020. Whether that comes to be or not, uh, as always with, it seems, most DC films right now remains up in the air. But The Green Lantern Core is a book that's near and dear to mine and Atul's heart. We're both huge Green Lantern fans. Unfortunately, Atul couldn't be here for this episode um, just because of scheduling conflicts. Uh, but we'll see if we don't comment on this episode in the future. Maybe have him comment on my pitch or come up with something on his own or maybe even a sequel to my pitch. We'll make this a two-part epic and who, who knows, maybe we'll make it a trilogy. That's all the rave. Anyways, um... We don't think that the original Green Lantern film with Ryan Reynolds um, really did the character justice, either in the film or any of the backstories that came from the comics or the character in general. So this would be my pitch as to how you can make a good Green Lantern film, fit it into the DC universe, um, and really have it be its own thing and not focus on Earth as much. So I think done well, this could be a fantastic movie. You give it to a good director, good cast. Um, it could be a knockout. It just needs to get made. So hopefully my pitch is a great one. Hopefully somebody at Warner Brothers is listening. And hopefully they go, huh, this guy's really smart. We should pay him millions of dollars to make this film. I doubt that's going to happen. But in any case, this was a fun exercise. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, You can check me out rambling on YouTube as well on our YouTube channel. You can get there from the website, welcometoyourdoomshow.com. And navigate to the YouTube or just leave a comment on the page, whatever. Anyways, let's do this ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. The Green Lantern books basically reinvigorated my interest in comic books in the, you know, early 2000s. Um, Jeff Johns had put out, uh, I think it was Secret Origin, and then they did Rebirth, and they had all these really good series coming out, and you get to see the core really working together. It's not just like, you know, the Green Lantern and the Justice League. It's like you've got stuff going off in like these vast reaches of space, and you could do some, so much with it, so many unique things. Um, It was also kind of cool because, like, you have this hero who has this ring on and can do pretty much anything with it. So it invites a lot of creativity in the books. Uh, You get to see all kinds of crazy stuff, which is neat. Like, you get to see, like, the common, like, boxing glove things or or hands grabbing things or, you know, energy beams, whatever. But then you've got other characters like a Kyle Rayner who's, like, an artist by day. And everything he does is, like, crazy manga. Or So you get to see all kinds of, like, unique character traits just based on how they use the rings. Um, so that's some of the things that I was interested in. Um, I also remember when I was a kid, my uh, dad had this ring and it had a, an actual star sapphire in it. And I remember picking up the ring and like playing with it and making pretend I could like shoot lasers out of it. And it was just silly kid stuff. But, but yeah, so that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, an original origin of where the love of the Green Lantern character came from. It's just, uh, I think it's an interesting character. I think it's a great book. Um, Interesting set of characters. Anyways, so let's talk about this film. This is my pitch for the Green Lantern Corps. So, in my eyes, you probably have Hal Jordan as the lead. He's kind of the most um, recognizable Green Lantern. He's the hothead, um, very ready, aim, fire... No, wait, that's not right. Ready, fire, aim kind of character. He's very impulsive um doesn't always th- think things through and he's not a very fallible character he's interesting in that you can really build at least I think you can build a story around him in that essentially it's not about him he's kind of this unmoving uh character and all the events kind of go on around him so similar to Superman in my eyes because again that's another character that You're not going to see him bend a lot, but he will have to be put into situations that force him to bend in some way or another. So I think Jordan would be a good one for this. Um, And wherever he goes, you can always introduce other Lanterns that are either Earthbound, so that way you have some tie to the DC universe, Um, or obviously the core is huge. You can start focusing on other ones. I mean, the first movie could even be Abin Sur, Um, but for me, I'm going to say my character of choice is Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. Um, Sinestro is obviously, uh, for those who don't know, he was a Green Lantern originally, the one that trained Hal Jordan. And eventually he went dark side and, um, abused his power of the ring for his own personal gain of his own planet. And, uh, he was stripped of his ring and then eventually got his own power ring and core. And basically he's like the penultimate villain of the Green Lantern series, in my opinion. Um also the origin of a really great book series called the Sinestro Core Wars so I certainly recommend that if you're listening to this. So uh just setting that up you're obviously I'm going to start going through and have a bunch of different like um Lanterns I might mention. The who's and the what's of the Lanterns aren't super important mainly because there's so many of them and there's such a, a library of good interesting characters you can pull from. So um you know I I'll be pitching out names doesn't necessarily have to be those lanterns, and there could be a lot more. Um, but the main purpose is that if the lanterns are in the story, hopefully they serve some purpose. Um, so what are a few things I don't want to see? So I really don't want to see another origin story. I think that the origin of the Green Lantern series can really be told in you know a nice opening nar- narration, um, talking about who they are, what they do, where they're from, and what their job is. That's really all you need. Um, You can set up everything really, really quickly. Like look at like a Guardians of the Galaxy. They set up pretty much who the Guardians were in that universe very quickly. Um, So I don't think you need some big overblown origin story. How did he get the ring? How does he get to Oa? Training sequences. I think that some things could be interesting, but like you don't need a um, full-blown origin story for this character. Um, Other thing, and I'm adamant about this, um, Uthul and I talked about this in length too, before not on this podcast yet but uh we don't want to see earth keep earth out of this i don't want them to go back to earth i don't want them to meet any of the the heroes from earth yet i just want them to go and do stuff in space keep it in space make it super interesting that way um space is a big big place you can find some pretty cool settings in it um some stuff i really want to see so um the whole concept of constructs in the film that came out with Ryan Reynolds wasn't really explained. All of a sudden, some guys have swords, and he's making giant Lego tracks or Hot Wheels tracks, and it, it wasn't really explained, like, why anyone would do that aside from use your imagination, as Jeffrey Rush put it. Um, talk about, like, the advantages of it. Talk about that it's really in the eye of the beholder. Um, talk about there really are no limits or talk about what the limits are of the rings. How long do they need to be? um, How long can you use them until they need to charge? What can't you do with the rings? Uh, What are the rules around that? The no killing clause. I mean, that's in the books. The rings will physically not allow a person to kill somebody. Um, So there's checks and balances on the rings. Stuff like that would be kind of interesting to see, like the rules of the core. Um, what else? I mean, the core is an organization. You didn't really get to see any of that in the original film either. It was just uh, you know, them kind of shooting off into space and you see a bunch of guys in the background, um, which is not interesting. I mean, there's so much um depth you can get from so many of these different characters that like there should be more byplay. You should see them like in the mess hall talking. Like I'm thinking of like from the film Aliens, um, when they all come out of cryosleep, right? They're all just kind of standing around, but Everybody intermingling with each other gives everybody a little bit of character. And then you actually sympathize with these characters throughout the journey of the film. And I think that something like that in a Green Lantern film would be super important. Um, Sinestro, uh, I would say... Well, you'll when I actually start pitching what I'm thinking about the movie, but Sinestro is my main villain. Um, I don't want to see his origin story again because I think that him as a lantern is a very similar type of lantern as Hal Jordan, except the only difference between the two is Hal Jordan's not going to go Dark Side until he parallaxes and does. If you don't know what Parallax is, you're not going to need to find out for, for this podcast yet. But uh, look up Parallax and Hal Jordan and you'll get a whole bunch of interesting stuff on that. Um so anyway, Sinestro's kind of my baddie. I I I approach him kind of the way that like you have a Darth Vader or um, Voldemort in a sense that he is the guy that's so bad um, that nobody even really wants to talk about him um, he's a very complex character all of his stuff was done with his own motivations and it all made sense to him but it just all went horribly wrong and he's he's at fault but um, he doesn't see that he's made a mistake he thinks that it's everybody else is out to get him so that's kind of just a few things I kind of wanted to level set. Um, so let's get into this. This is kind of the, the this is my pitch. And you'll see that a lot of the stuff that I pulled, like you're going to see influences of films like Star Wars, obviously. Um, you're going to see maybe some influences of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely some influences from um, the animated film Green Lantern First Flight, which is almost a perfect Lantern film, I'd say. It has the surprises, fantastic voice acting. Like it, I remember when the first Green Lantern film came out, I sent a super angry email to Atul, and it basically just said, why couldn't they just remake that movie shot for shot in live action? Um, That's also a pitch, because I think that would be a great movie, but uh, I don't know that that... I feel like that's a cop-out, so I'm going to throw out some ideas, and uh, we'll see if any of it actually makes sense. So this is my pitch. So basically, the movie opens up, and I'd say you've got some kind of narration, really, to set up the scenes for the Lanterns. Jordan, you know, Jordan's narrating, saying who he is. He's from Earth. He's the Sector Lantern of Two Eight One Four, but the Guardians just deployed him on a mission to a planet, a planet called Yismolt. There was a prison there, and essentially, the prisoners got out. The prisoners there are a group of five terrorists called the Five Inversions. And there was a small group of Lanterns in that sector close by that went to investigate. and Now they're pinned down. They're low on resources, and they have no way out. So Lantern Jordan ends up getting called out there with backup. Essentially, his backup's not there yet and probably won't get there until late, but he's on his way to Yzmalt. He manages to make it there in record time, knowing how Hal Jordan flies, and... Um, he realizes that the inversions are nothing to be messed with. There's five of them, but there's one that stands out as the super powerful one, and that is Atrocitus um, from the Green Lantern books. So after a, a good amount of fighting and Jordan trivializing things, he ends up being able to um, to put the five inversions back in their prisons on Ysmalt. And obviously this would be with the help of his backup, who I mentioned backup earlier. That would be Kilowog, the giant bad ape-looking Green Lantern with the big little... I don't know what he has. He's got a little, like... It's almost like a skin mustache. It's very strange. But uh, he's a bad mofo. Um, Lantern Kilowog is just this giant character, and he could probably take on the Inversion's fisticuffsies, but with the ring, he's completely a force to be reckoned with. And him and Jordan, along with the other uh, more junior Lanterns, we'll say, are able to actually... destroy not destroy it but but recapture all of the inversions and lock them back up in their cells so the last one to get locked up and is still giving some trouble is uh, Atrocitus and basically the whole concept of this prison is just like wrong it doesn't seem right it's nothing that's been lantern sanctioned completely off the books they really didn't have much information about this prison on Yismalt other than the fact that it existed and that there was a problem there so um, the Lanterns end up uh, trying to interrogate him, and he doesn't really give away much aside from rambling on about the War of Light and prophecies and seeing the future and the Lantern Corps will go down. But he does say something interesting about his home planet on, on Reut uh, in sector, let's say sector 666. Anyways, his home planet of Reut and what the Lanterns did to them. And uh, so they basically shackle him back up and they take off. At this point, they're all in prison again. Now I enter some shadowy figure and the shadowy figure is the one that actually locked or uh, broke them out. And uh, he doesn't end up breaking them back out. He just wanted to see what they do. And all he really says is, you've done exactly what I wanted. Atrocitus doesn't know what to think of that. He starts yelling back at him and then the figure disappears. But Atrocitus is left there without his muzzle, which he had on before the Lantern's gone. So, at this point, you've got an unmuzzled Atrocitus. That'll come back later. Um, so, anyway, skip ahead. Lanterns return back with um, with Hal and the rest of them back to Oa, the um, headquarters of the Green Lanterns. And they basically present their findings to the Guardians, who are the leaders of the Green Lanterns. These little blue dudes with really big heads. Um... Super powerful, super old. They basically are the epicenter and the—I um, don't know. I guess the command of the Green Lanterns. The Green Lanterns are their peace—is uh, their peace corps and their um, their military, I guess—and they police the entire universe. So they present their findings to the Guardians, and they say, "Well, yeah, you mentioned this planet Reut, and I—we don't have much on it," and. Um, they just dismiss it. They say there's nothing to know, there's nothing to see there. Don't worry about it. Peace out. Get out of here. Okay, so they leave, and Jordan that doesn't sit well with Jordan. So he's just kind of like, hmm, something's wrong here. So he goes to Salak, the the kind of the the lantern that runs the entire. Uh, he kind of runs deployments and missions for the Guardians. The Guardians give the orders to Salak and he delegates and whatnot. But he is also pretty knowledgeable about the systems and knowledge base at the uh, at Oa. And Salak basically goes through and all he could find is that Ryu was a place that is in sector 666, which is also known as the restricted sector. There's nothing there. Um, but obviously every sector has a Green Lantern and that Green Lantern is a character known as Moro. Grim Reaper looking mofo. And uh, Moro ends up meeting up with Jordan in the crypt of the Green Lanterns, where you see all the fallen soldiers. And um, Lantern Moro discusses with Hal, basically saying that, hey, this is a completely dead sector. There's nothing in Riut. I could be pronouncing it wrong, but anyways, I'm going to keep saying Riut or Riut. So he goes over to this planet along with another ragtag bunch of lanterns, um, I'd say probably Kilowog. Um, they don't select a character named Bzzt because Bzzt is literally a wasp lantern. They Everybody just kind of thinks of him as a bit of as a joke. Um, but they end up getting another, uh, you can have Sodom Yacht, basically it would be a, a collective of four or five lanterns. Each one with their own character traits and whatnot. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of that again. Because that's just way too detailed. I ain't got time for that. But they end up going to Ryut. And it really is a desolate place. All the rings are searching for signs of life. They find nothing. Absolutely nothing. They're going through ruins. There's barely anything. It's just rubble. But they do find one freestanding structure that still exists. And they go through. And there's a bunch of murals. And you see blood sacrifices. And all kinds of stuff. Which is obviously makes sense given that it's Atrocitus's planet, the blood dude from Act 1. But then they end up entering a chamber and they find this giant stick on the ground, some sort of a weapon. And Hal tries to pick it up on his own without aid of the lantern, and he can barely even move it. And he goes, what the heck is this? Kilowog the giant goes and picks it up picks up this giant staff with ease because he's about eight feet tall spins it around and then it goes off and just blasts a hole into the the wall let's say <laughs> so this freestanding structure and they're just who would have a weapon like this and then all of a sudden they realize that right behind them is this this thing that's even bigger than than um, than Kilowog this giant robotic blue faced looking creature that lunges after them he's dismantled he's got no arm he's just hobbling out guts or not guts but like robotic guts are out and he starts chasing them down the lanterns manage to subdue him pretty easily after he wounds one or two of them and um, they examine it and they're looking at it and it's technology they've never seen before it's older than they any of the lanterns have ever seen they're not able to analyze it on the field, so they have to take something back to OA. So they end up breaking through the uh they, they end up taking like its memory core or something like that, something hand sized that they can they can shuttle back. Um meanwhile, while this is all happening, you've got somebody, again, some cloaked, mysterious figure in the uh, in, in space basically overseeing everything and is just basically acknowledging that everything is going according to plan. I know, mystery, right? Uh, So skip ahead. You end up getting back to Oa, and the lantern contingent that was on the planet Ryut is trying to get more information on what this technology is. So they bring it to the resident uh, tech head on Oa, Stell. Stell's basically a lantern. He's a robotic lantern who's been broken apart so many times he's just kind of kept together by the power of his own ring. Uh, But he's still a Green Lantern, he still knows his stuff. And as he's going through the technology, he's kind of flabbergasted because the technology appears to be made of what he would consider antimatter. It's nothing he's ever seen before, only heard about, or it's something that's experimental. And basically, the only people that would actually have access to this type of technology in the universe would be the Guardians. So it's making things a little bit strange in Jordan's head. Um, something's not right. And it seems like there's some sort of a conspiracy going on with the um, the, the Guardians. <sighs> so, the only person that's out there right now that really has more information on the Guardians based on research that he'd been doing for God knows how long, is the character Sinestro. Now, like I said, he's going to probably be the villain of this story, but he's safely locked up in the science cells, basically the prison on Oa. Um, and you can detail about how it went down, how they managed to capture him, um, and kind of give a little bit more depth to the character that way. Um, But then uh, Jordan is the only one that would go and see him because he trained Jordan. So Jordan would go down to the science cells and say, look, this is what I'm looking at right now. The only characters or the only people that had access to this type of technology would have been the Guardians. Have you ever heard of something? And then you have the back play saying, oh, you don't trust the Guardians. And Jordan saying, no, it's not that. And you can kind of have the, the holier-than-thou kind of conversation being that the Guardians think that they're above everybody in Sinestro's eyes. And guard- and and uh, Jordan would give them the benefit of the doubt saying, "Like, nah, that's not the case. I don't think that. I don't think that. So you can have them going back and forth. Um, but at the end of the day, Sinestro basically just says, uh, well, all I know is that um, the Green Lantern Corps was not the first police force that the Ga- the Guardians ever created. So get the hell out of here and I don't want to talk to you anymore. This is done. You puppet of the Guardians or something, something um, cliche. Why not? A little cliche never hurt anyone. So, anyways, um, oh, he also, I would also say he suggests that if he pulled the memory chip, he'd probably be able to get some form of evidence straight from that if they can figure out what to do with this technology. So, Lantern Jordan goes over to Stell and says, Hey, what can you do? So, they end up managing to decrypt some old video footage uh, from this chip. And this chip just basically shows the extermination of all life by these manhunter characters and there are thousands if not hundreds of thousands of these things descending upon this planet and just eradicating life the whole sky goes black it's like locusts it's really scary stuff and um they're just watching in horror and jordan asks if that's the earliest video that they have and he goes back as far as he can and the last thing that or the first thing that's on there and the only the, the most earliest footage is the Guardians, saying, go to Sector 666 and cleanse it. Jordan's not happy. Stell is hurt, or not hurt, but Stell is shocked. Stell looks at Jordan and the other Lanterns who are with him and says, um, what are you going to do? Who are you going to tell? And Jordan just says, everyone. Jordan busts in with the rest of his Lantern buddies. Well, the Lantern buddies are backing him up, but Jordan's the front runner. He's the one that goes straight at the Guardians and says, "You know, what have you been doing? This is what we found, etc., etc., etc." Well, the Guardians aren't happy with him. They end up calling in their Alpha Lanterns, who are essentially like the, you know, the guard, um, and they try to restrain him. and He fights back. He fights the Lanterns and lashes out and tries to fly away. and The Guardians essentially just turn off his ring. Just goes boop, and then all of a sudden he falls guardians catch him and they apologize and say we need to lock him up well jordan turns around and apologizes and says well i apologize too because i've been transmitting everything to every ring on oa everybody knows what you've done so now all of a sudden every lantern on oa is aware and is shocked they've seen the footage they've seen them behave the way they did and restrain jordan in the way that they did they're not happy So then they lock up Jordan in the science cells and he gets locked up right next to good old Sinestro. And meanwhile, while this is going on, you have all the lanterns going and protesting what's going on on Oa. And their rings are just super-powered protesting weapons. Maybe not weapons, but they're essentially protesting with their rings, obviously. Now the Guardians, becoming as nervous as they are, they decide to confiscate every single ring on Oa until the facts can be... Um, transmitted or communicated to the entire populace on Oa. They promise answers. No one's happy with that. Um, and meanwhile, while all this happens and all of the rings are confiscated, all the guards in the science cells leave. Jordan's still with his ring, but it's completely powers, powerless as he's locked inside of a science cell. It won't work, and that's that. It's turned off by, by Gantt and the rest of the Guardians. Then you have Sinestro laughing maniacally. He seems like he's a pretty happy fella in that science cell. Well, Mr. Sinestro, what do you have to say? And Sinestro all of a sudden is rattled by a... uh, Well, sorry, the entire science cell division... Or not division, the entire science cell section ends up getting rattled by an explosion or two or three and many. Then all of a sudden you have a... uh, You'd cut, I guess, to the... Citadel where the um the guardians are, and then manhunters are just descending upon Oa. There's again thousands to thousands of these things just descending upon Oa. And then this is back to the to the science cells, you see Sinestro is very happy with himself, and Jordan asks him what's going on, and he says exactly what I wanted. The manhunters are here. No one escapes the manhunters. And then the Manhunters come and they free Sinestro. And Sinestro leaves Jordan in there to stew. And Jordan wants to know how this happened. And basically, while investigating stuff that the Guardians did back when he was beginning to not trust them, he found out about this. He found some of their old technology. And when he tried to actually reuse it, the antimatter, um, not characters, the antimatter um, life forms of Quard ended up contacting him. They're the ones that made this technology for the Guardians. They're the ones that make weapons, the weaponeers on Quard. And they don't like making weapons that don't get used. So as soon as they found somebody that was going to use their weapon, they got real excited. They fit Sinestro with something in his head to allow him to control their weapons, the Manhunters. And because of that, he's been able to command an army and basically get things going from outside of... Of the prison while he's locked in it. He just had to patiently wait for years. Well, a year or years or however long it is. But essentially that's been what's going on. Um, he's been silently delegating to these growing numbers of manhunters as Quad keeps producing them for Sinestro so that he can use them against the Green Lantern Corps. So then you have the Green Lantern Corps essentially at the mercy of the Manhunters. Now, the Guardians are powerful enough to do them in, but the Manhunters have managed to wrangle every single Green Lantern into the Citadel of the Guardians and says, if you guys give them a ring, if we see any display of power, we're going to take all of your Lanterns from you. And the Guardians are more sympathetic than people uh, than the rest of the Lanterns give them credit for. They don't want to see a single Lantern be killed. They yield. So what's the plan? The endgame here is, well... Sinestro wants to destroy the lantern battery and he wants to take away the power of the Guardians in the universe. He wants them eliminated. He wants to be able to be the rule of the galaxy. So you skip ahead and not skip ahead. You change scenes and there's Jordan powerless in his science cell. Then all of a sudden it swings open. There's no reason for it. And Jordan's looking around like, what the hell just happened? And then all of a sudden a little wasp stings him on his neck. He goes, "How?" Turns out it's Bzzzt. He was so small, he evaded capture, even though he doesn't have his ring. And he managed to go into the lock and pick out the... or basically free Jordan from it. He's the only Lantern, the guy that's the little undersized guy that nobody really thought he was coming. And then he manages... Jordan managed to psychically communicate with Ganthet, and he all of a sudden you see the ring just reactivate on him. And then Jordan has an idea. He's cut back to Sinestro... Detailing what's wrong with the Lantern Corps and how they failed him, etc. So you kind of can get a sob story from Sinestro. Not a sob story, but you can sympathize with the character. You would see why he's fallen to the, um, the place that he's at. And then Jordan walks up, again, not in Green Lantern uniform, powerless. And he basically just tries to plead with Sinestro to stop what he's doing. Sinestro's not having that. They go back and forth and there's an argument. And then at some point, Sinestro asks him again, and says, how did you get out of your science cell? And then he turns and says, or he, he says something to him along the lines of, you don't have your ring. What are you going to do? Or sorry, your ring has no power. What are you going to do? And then he realized he doesn't have his ring anymore. It's not on him. And then that's when all of a sudden a giant wasp appears behind all of the, the manhunters, grabs their staffs and pulls them up. And just as they do that, that's when they fire and they miss every single lantern in the room. And at the exact same moment that that happens, another construct of tendrils go and grab all of the rings and they go right back on all the fingers of all of the other lanterns. Turns out that um, Jordan gave his ring to Biz, and Biz managed to use it to do exactly that and rescue all the Green Lanterns himself single-handedly. So then you've got the melee of the Green Lantern Corps versus the Manhunters. And eventually they take them down, obviously. I'm not going to go into specifics of a battle. I can't do that. But you have Sinestro, who's completely cornered at the end. And he grabs one of the Manhunter staffs and he's holding it up. And obviously that's no match for the combined strength of the Green Lantern Corps. But he says something along the lines of, this isn't the end. And then he takes the staff puts it up to his head and pulls the trigger. Boom. No more head. He's gone. He's dead. But he's not because that's not actually Sinestro. You've got wires, you've got the big switcheroo kind of ending there. And now you have the question of wait a minute. This is like a small manhunter. He must have done this. He must have had this being created on Quad before he was able to or while he was in the science cell. So the question is then, where is Sinestro? Well, turns out that during all the melee and everything that was happening down in this forging room which i guess you could have established i didn't really mention it but you could establish this earlier on when you're doing a tour of as the forging room where they're actually crafting the power rings for lanterns and future lanterns um it had been broken into and some manhunters got in there killed some people and there's a ring missing turns out that trying to overthrow the guardians and and trying to destroy the core, none of that was actually his end goal that day. He managed to get out with the one thing that he wanted. So then you skip ahead to Quard, and Sinestro manages to contact the Weaponeers, and they transport him there, and he goes forwards them and says, I need you to reverse engineer this weapon. The Quardians get, or Weaponeers get super excited, because now they have their very own Green Lantern ring to t- to tinker with and let's see what they come up with. I'll bet you it's yellow. But at the end, the Green Lantern still managed to prevail. It was a loss, but at the same time it was a win. The Guardians end up becoming a lot more clear. Their motivations, their um, driving factors, everything. They basically come clean with the Lanterns. They change the Book of Oa, which is the history. And they include everything, even the things they're embarrassed about. Turns out that it wasn't some sort of a cleansing of life, per se. That the not per se that the the guardians wanted. They wanted to cleanse the the uh, the the sector six 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 of a disease that was running through there. Unfortunately, when the manhunters got there, they malfunctioned and they regarded life as the disease and they exterminated everything. That was the day that the. Guardians had to leave their citadel and take care of all, or take care. They had to get rid of all of the Manhunters and start new. And that's when they started the Green Lantern Corps. They hit it more out of shame, and Guardians aren't supposed to feel any emotions. And uh, that day, they felt shame. So after that, they closed it off. Decided to make a power based on will, and um, Green Lantern Corps was formed. So now they stand stronger together and ready for anything that the universe can throw at them. Be it power-hungry dictators, be it uh, giant robots, be it anything. The Green Lantern Corps stands ready. And then you've got kind of a nice little thing at the end where I think that Jordan, um, though he's been working hard, and I had originally thought that he'd been essentially gone from Earth since he'd been recruited for two plus years. And um, it's a big sector. And he hasn't been home in two years, and they grant him leave. So then you can have some sort of a tie-in where you know he encounters some of the heroes on Earth. You don't have to do that. You can do something completely. You can do whatever you want with that, but it leaves it nice and open-ended. Um, and then the post-credit stinger would be, or at least this is what I see, but because uh, I like the character Atrosus, the post-credit stinger would be back on Yzma. You see that. Um, Uh, Atrocitus is not off his own one arm. He's got a little stub. And he's also managed to kill his other compatriots in the Five Inversions terrorist cell. He manages to sacrifice them to some sort of a god and blood ritual that's reminiscent of some of the stuff that you saw in the murals back on Ryut. And all of a sudden the blood forms and it forms to the symbol of what the red lantern core looks like in the books so now you're setting up for potential spin-off of a war of light between sinestro core the red lanterns and the green lanterns so anyways that's my crazy shit <laughs> I uh, I probably put a lot more thought in this than I should have um, but it was fun, it was kind of a fun exercise it made me really explore kind of what I like about the Green Lantern series and what I'd like to see in a film I'm done talking, it's been about just over a half hour so I'm going to call it um, thank you guys for listening or watching if you're watching me ramble on YouTube um, but uh, it's been fun uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode, this pitch and uh, well, see you next time cheers